0: Welcome to the KHOW podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. So on Wednesday, we are now in the third aspect of discipleship, which is follow. We started with come, exciting. We went to abandon, which was super exciting. And now we're at follow. Okay. And so we, we did an overview of where we're going this month. Um, we're going to be tapping into five different areas of following. What you need to understand is that when we're talking about following this month, we're talking about the followership, your followership of Jesus. And keep this in your mind the whole time. Following Jesus is following God. Because John ten thirty says that they are one. Jesus says the Father and I are one. So following Jesus is following God, okay? And so today, we are going to talk about the first part of following, which I gave five different areas if you go and listen, amen. The first one is steps, S-T-E-P-S, the word steps. So we're talking about the followship of Jesus. The first thing we have to learn to do is follow his steps. And so today we're going to walk through some scriptures and I'm going to give you an outline to show you how Jesus himself was made before he could make, right? Because everything that we do, everything that God is giving us is a picture of himself because we are then to emulate later, to imitate, to represent the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes, a lot of times, we as Christians, we decide or we choose to make up things um, because of the way we de- think we should be going. So we decide how we're going to follow Jesus. But I'm going to give you a clear picture That shows you that Jesus himself first made sure he was made before he could make. And so we said the first six months is us being made so that the last six months we can then make. Okay, so the word steps. um, I love God always confirms. In Psalm 37 and 23, it says this, that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. That word steps is course of life so the course of your life you're going right and here's what you need to understand not the moment in your life the course of your life see what we're always trying to do is 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 get god to agree in a moment in our life that we want him to do something but god is in charge of the course of your life and in the course of your life there will be moments but understand that he is ordering the course of your life. So everything that you will step into has already been prepared. It was ordered before your arrival. And I think sometimes we're thinking he's ordering the step we're taking now. Yes, but he's already ordered the steps you will take that, do, that you have yet to step into. They are already ordered because God knows the course of your life. What's interesting is, I think that most times, what we don't realize is that there are two courses. Mm. And Jesus is very well of the two courses. One goes down the straight and narrow, Mm -hmm. and one goes down the broad. Mm -hmm. But you have two courses. The choice is yours. But Jesus says the road where he is, is straight and narrow. The world's road, the, the, the enemy's road is really broad. You can have a lot of fun on that road. Not that you can't have any fun over here. But the way it's ordered, the course of your life is going to be very different than the way that the world orders their life. And so you've got to choose to follow the steps of Jesus. The steps of Jesus ensure that you will arrive exactly where God determined for you to be. And so... The steps being ordered, ordered means this, they're arranged, they're directed. I love this, they're put right. When God orders your steps, he's putting right your course. See, what's awesome is it's already right, it's just up to you to choose right. It's already right, you just got to choose right. It says this, it's set up, it's secure Ordered means it's secured. I love this. It is securely determined. When God orders your life, your course of life, it's already determined. You have a built-in security system. (laughs) If you think about a security system, if anyone tries to break in, there's an alarm that immediately goes off. And when the alarm goes off, it signals, it signals to the police department and the fire department that there is an intruder, that something could be potentially wrong. And they immediately call you to make sure you're okay. God has a built-in security system for the course of your life. And if any intruder tries to step in to what he's already planned. There's a built-in alarm system. <laughs> there's a sound, it sounds the alarm, right? To heaven. If, if we think about the story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah used a built-in system, the, the, the trumpeter, <laughs> to blow. And he says, when you hear this sound, rally together to where I am. God says, I'm putting in a system that if any intruder tries to come where they are not welcome, he says the weapon can be formed, but it will not prosper. And so I have a built-in security system that alarms heaven and I dispatch angels on your behalf. I dispatch protection on your behalf. I dispatch provision on your behalf. I dispatch blessings on your behalf. I dispatch peace on your behalf. I dispatch grace on your behalf. So whatever is trying to invade the course of life that God has already ordered, that he is already established, that he already is put right. You need to know that there is already security built in to it. You are secure if you are put right. The only time you're, un- if you're not secure is when you go wrong. Amen. And so let's walk through the steps of Jesus to show us how he was willing to be made before he ever began to make. So Matthew 3 and 13, let's go there. Matthew 3, 13. So this is the story of the baptism of Jesus. So if we back this up, Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy He is the manifestation of what was foretold in the Old Testament. He is who Isaiah said would come, the Prince of Peace. He is the one to redeem. He is the plan for God to reconcile humanity back to himself. And so he is born of a virgin in a manger. Wise men, magi come and see him. His life begins. He is a young boy who goes to worship with his parents and does not follow when they leave, but stays to do what he said is his father's business. He continues to grow and in the natural, he becomes a carpenter. So Jesus is in the natural what he will be in the spiritual, which is a builder. And so he arrives at this moment as he is now come into maturity. The Bible says that his ministry, um, theologians, if you, if you research the scriptures, it will say that his public ministry began at the age of 30. And so this is the moment that his public introduction happens. And so John the Baptist, who is also a fulfillment of prophecy, Because it says there will be one who is in the wilderness proclaiming and is to prepare the way for the Lord. He is baptizing and calling people to repentance. And so verse 13 in Matthew 3 says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and a light, a light, a on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. The first thing that we have to understand in our steps of following Jesus is there will always be an introduction. So Jesus' baptism is an announcement and an introduction to all. God's introduction solidifies his direction. God's introduction of you solidifies his direction for you. So Jesus' willingness to follow as man made his ability to speak to man that much more powerful. He was Jesus. He was the son of God. So Jesus' willingness to follow as man, I'm sorry, as man made his ability to speak to man that much more powerful. Jesus could say this, I've been where you are. It says that he was man, endured everything that man would endure, and yet he sinned not. But God introduces him In this moment, to everyone that is there. Before this, he is just the carpenter Jesus of Nazareth. But at this moment, God introduces him and has a formal presentation. When you are introduced, it's a formal presentation. And you have to understand that there must be an introduction to who you are becoming. Because if you are not introduced, you will not be directed correctly. His introduction solidified his direction. Let's go to Matthew 4 and 1. We're just taking a walk into the story. Matthew 4 and 1. Matthew 4 and 1 says this. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The second part of our steps when we're following the steps of Jesus, there has to be a leading away. Matthew 4 and 1. The spirit of God requires a time away to teach you separation and consecration. The spirit of God requires a time away to teach you separation and consecration. After you are introduced, when you are being made, you need to you need to be carried away. You need to be led away. And here's the thing. You may need to take yourself away. Because taking yourself away, being available to being led or carried away by the Holy Spirit, it is going to teach you what real separation and what real consecration are. Separation is to make sure that you have a difference, a distinction about you. There has to be something different and distinctive about you. And then to be consecrated means this: you have to be devo- you have to be devoted, and then you have to be dedicated. <laughs> and that devotion and that dedication is to something that's sacred. Not devoted or dedicated to your agenda, not devoted or dedicated to what you think you should be doing or what you think you know. It is a dedication and a devotion to who he is to the spirit of God, to the presence of God, to the power of God. And most of us are introduced, but we are never made separate. And we never understand consecration. Because we are unwilling to take ourselves out of the game. Because we think we are so necessary (laughs) that without us, the team can't win. Well, how about this? If you have not gotten the skill required to win, you help everybody lose. So we need you on the bench long enough to become. The bench is for your making. Most of us talk about the players who live on the bench. But what we never see is the dedication and the devotion that they have because it takes the dedication to sit and wait. It takes dedication to wait to be chosen to play. It takes a devotion and a love for the game so much so that I'm willing to just sit here until it's my time because I love it that much. I will take less than and I will become less than because there will be a moment where he will exalt me. But it comes in the separation and the consecration so you have to have an introduction see we're introduced to the new roster of teams every year we'll know everyone's name but what we don't realize is that the names that we not we don't see every week are about to become the beasts later we're always just worried about who's in the five who's starting And so, when we get into this space with God, when God introduces us, our mindset is, okay, coach, put me in. And God's idea is, no, I need to take you out. Because it says this in other scriptures that when he came out of the wilderness, when he came out, that he was more powerful. There is power in the sitting. There is great power in the becoming. But most of us are trying to run in, be seen, keep. And there is a moment where you need to sit yourself down or tune your ear enough to know that the Holy Spirit is asking you to sit down. Number three. Let's go to Matthew 4, verse 2 through 11. It says this, And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down. And the angels came and attended him. You have to be tempted so that you can have victory. So the third step of following Jesus is the temptation and the victory. Here's the thing. The tempter comes to solicit you to sin. But God allows him to come. To inflict evil upon you in order to prove your character and steadfastness of faith. Mm-hmm. Who are you when all goes left? When hell invades the earth. Who are you? When you get your car hit. Who are you? That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm solic- The tempter is coming to solicit you to sin. He's hoping that you will. Because in that moment, what you do is you put a great strike against your character. Your steadfastness of faith is questioned. So he's tempting you. But if you never sit on the bench, then you never learn the plays. And there's a big play. It says this, resist the devil and he will flee. That's a major play. That's like, that's like a guaranteed win every time that you resist the devil because it causes an immediate response. He's got to go now. You have to understand that defeating an enemy in a battle, this is what victory is. It's to defeat an enemy in a battle, game, or competition. The enemy is fighting us. We're in a battle every day. The enemy thinks this is a game that you can't win. And he is in competition with you because God deems you greater than him. He is thrown out of heaven because he wants to be the greatest. And then God says this, I'm going to make a multitude of people to look like me. Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit create us in their image to shine. We are in a battle with the one that wanted to shine the brightest. Why do you think he's not coming for you? And so you need the temptation so that you can have the victory. See, we're always trying to pray, oh, God, just leave me alone. No, you should want him to come for you so that you can show who you are. And who you are. In that moment, this thing happens on the street and the car gets hit, you got a choice to make. Will I allow this infliction, this affliction, or this infliction to cause my character and my steadfastness to go to go away? Or will in this moment I be a vessel? In this moment will my integrity play out. Because integrity means you are the same person in private that you are in public. Then nothing shifts. Number four, in following Jesus, Matthew four seventeen. I'm sorry, Matthew uh, four and twelve says this: When Jesus heard that John, um, yeah, that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galileans of the Gentiles, the people living in the dark have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Here's number 17. From the time on Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. After you've got introduced, after you've been led away, after you've endured the temptation and you are on the other side of victory, It's time to start sharing. You need to have a proclamation, an announced message that is public and comes with conviction. A proclamation is the announce an announcement, an announcement of a message that is public and comes with conviction. So put it like this. You need to declare a thing. When you are declaring something, you just make it quite clear. And a lot of us, unfortunately, aren't really clear about whose we are. We're clear that we are attached to a system called Christianity, but we're not really clear about being children of God. And so the way that we speak, the way that we share is always about where we go instead of whose we are. It's always an affiliation instead of a dedication. I'm affiliated to this ministry. I'm affiliated with this denomination. How about I am in relationship and devotion to. I am dedicated. My life belongs to. And so when we share from that way, Jesus shared from a place of relationship and oneness with with the Father. He never shared about a position in a ministry. Jesus never shared about a platform he was creating. Jesus never shared, right, about his own business. He only shared about the father's business. So even the business he had on earth, the greater brand was the business that was happening in heaven. And Jesus said, I'm just bringing down what's happening where my father is. And so... We have to have a public or an official announcement with great importance. This has to be more important than your thing. God has to be more important than your thing, even when your thing is what God gave you. He's still got to be greater than the thing he gave you. And then finally, what happens? Then he calls others to come. Verse 18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. He says, 19, where we've been studying and living. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. This is the NIV. After he has been introduced and he has now understood that his direction is solidified, he's led away. He learns separation and consecration. He then is tempted, and his steadfastness and his character is is cemented. He starts to share and proclaim what is quite clear in his life, because now he has been made. He can make. And in when we're talking about the fellowship of Jesus, when we're always talking about making disciples. We never talk about how Jesus was made a disciple before he makes disciples. Jesus was the first disciple. We always think that Peter and Andrew were the first. I'm sorry, Jesus was the first. The Son of God was the first disciple. And what he came to do was duplicate who he was. So for order for us to be solidified as disciples of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, We have to follow the steps of the first. Jesus, the first disciple, we are following his steps. Father, introduce us. Because here's the thing. Once Jesus was introduced, nobody questioned who he was. Hear what I'm saying? Jesus was introduced. No one there in that introduction. And I'm talking about where where you're introduced. Because when you're introduced... Is also connected to where you're introduced. Everyone that was where he was introduced. Didn't question who he was. But what Jesus did. Was created. A built in. um, How do I want to say it? A built in. uh, Word of mouth. For Jesus. (laughs) Because everyone that was there. Left and said. I just saw Jesus. That's why it makes sense when he enters into towns he's never been before. A woman with the issue of blood says, I heard Jesus. She's never seen him. She's never met him. She wasn't at his introduction. But now his name has spread because those that were where he was introduced were sure of who he was. And so the thing is, when you're it's, it's not just about when you're introduced, it's where you're introduced. And where you're introduced, those become the people that back your validity. We keep trying to go places where we weren't introduced and try to get validated there. You will never be validated where you weren't introduced. You can only be confirmed. So what people did was confirmed who he was because they were there when he was introduced. The question is, who was there when you were introduced? And if no one was there, you need to be introduced again. And after you're introduced, let's say you were introduced. Did you go get carried away? Were you led away? If you weren't led away, you need to take yourself away. And don't come out until Jesus says you can. You taking yourself away is an act of obedience. But you staying there until he says is a furthering of your obedience and your dedication. Because while you were there, you will become distinctive and there will be a difference from who you were. You will know what separation and consecration is. And after that, accept the temptation. Don't run from it. Don't fight against it. Accept it, because here's the thing. While you were on the bench, you were made stronger. While you were in the waiting room, God operated and sewed and you up and healed you up and built you up so that you could face whatever. So now you know how to resist. And there is always victory on the other side of resistance. Always. If you are lifting weights and you are, res- and you are using, doing resistance training, there is always victory on the other side of that because you take new shape. And then after that. It's time to start sharing. Start proclaiming in a way that's clear. Not, don't start sounding confusing about your Jesus. <laughs> now you can make it quite clear to people. And when you're clear, people don't question. People question because you're not clear. That's the only reason they're questioning you. Because you're not clear. And then after you're clear, then you can tell them to come. Amen. Questions, comments, concerns. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K How Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at K How Worship LA. That's K H O W O R S H I P L A at gmail.com.